What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The word adversity is described as unfavorable fortune or fate, a condition marked by misfortune, calamity, or distress. Used in a sentence, friends will show their true colors in times of adversity. Its synonyms include catastrophe, disaster, misery, and the antonym is prosperity. So talk to successful people about their adversities, and usually you find their road to prosperity. At least Lance Ezio seems to have found that out. Lance, a true Canadian boy from out west, former junior hockey player, professional bartender, and once professional drinker, someone who has hit rock bottom, and someone who is learning and sharing all aspects of adversity, learning from others and being inspired by others on his podcast, The University of Adversity. So I'm so excited to be able to share his journey and joining us for his journey all the way from Vancouver. It's great to have Lance here. So welcome everyone to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Excited to get this going. Lance, so great to have you here. Oh, so excited to be here. That was a great intro. Thanks very much. Well, you know, I and, and I think that it's nice to be able to talk to a fellow Canadian. I think people will understand your story coming from the fact that you're a Canadian boy out West playing hockey, running into the same typical issues, problems, obstacles that I think so many young gentlemen find here in terms of having NHL aspirations and then realizing at one point they're not part of the 0.01% of guys that actually make it, uh, and yeah. then finding life from there. So if you don't mind, because I think what you've done is fascinating, I can't wait to hear some of the stories coming out of your podcast, but I think the essence of it is is that you yourself are your own kind of subject matter as to what you really went through. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's. Um, it's been quite the journey, to, to say the least. So I, I grew up actually in Edmonton till I was about 10, then I moved out to Victoria out west back when I was about 11. So, yeah, I, and it I grew up in a hockey family. It was very, like, there was not much to do in Edmonton but hockey, right? And if you didn't play hockey, it was kind of like just – You played football. You went and watched uh, Edmonton Eskimos games. Yeah, well, think, back right? in the day, yeah. it was the city of champions back then. It was <laughs> actually like we were, you know, we were doing really well. And that's – we won everything back then. But so hockey was kind of installed into me at a young age. I, I played. I was really good. Um, at a young age, I got to travel all over the world, like the best tournaments. When I was around 10, 11, I was one of the best around back then. So uh, my vision was obviously to make it to the NHL. And we moved out west. Hockey was a bit different out there. Okay, do you want to let people know? Because I know your story. It, it was yeah. it was a, a breakup of the family at this point. Yeah, yeah. My My parents split up. So my dad was from out west, and he decided whatever opportunity he had to move back to Victoria – he, he would take it. So he got a job out there. We moved out there, Vancouver Island. So obviously in 1995, hockey wasn't the biggest priority on Vancouver Island. So my development wasn't as good as it would have been in Edmonton. So anyways, I continued on that journey playing hockey and getting into the junior ranks. I started to be, um, I, I started to lose a lot of focus. I started to get into like, you know, the partying and all that kind of stuff. And 
I was very close. I was playing junior A. I played in Coquitlam, Merritt, Powell River. And my last year, going into my last year junior, I went and did a very smart, stupid thing. Um, <laughs> very stupid thing. And I did steroids, which pretty much um, costed me my career. Well, not that exactly, but I mean, you know, that's kind of what led me down to, um, I got to training camp and they're just like, well, what do you, what, what you did doing? you I do? Gained, like I, I gained all the, I gained all this weight. I just like, I as don't know. A skater, my, as a skater, I, I mean, had you, yeah. I, I don't know if it's, it's maybe different, right? Because the off ice and the summer training is so different now for young hockey players and the focus yeah. is different and the full functioning mobility aspects is really worked on. But back then I'm just thinking, you know, yeah. they saw you on the ice and went, what happened? Yeah. You know, I, I was just, after my 19 year old season, I was thinking about, I wanted the edge. I just wanted to make it. And I had a decent year going into my 20 year old year. I wanted to get a scholarship and I just would do whatever it took. So I did that. I made a big mistake. I put on a bunch of weight too much. I couldn't skate. They released me. I ended up playing junior B the rest of the year. And then I just kind of went down a downward spiral after that of just, I was really sad because I feel like I let my family down. I feel like I let a lot of people down because I was this hockey player and I really messed it up, you know? And so from there, I was kind of excited about exploring this world of, oh, I actually get to do other things other than just hockey. And like this, like, I thought it was really cool to be able to get a job, which I realized that wasn't that cool after. <laughs> and, you know, getting into like the, the drinking and the regular life that I thought I was missing, I really was like, oh, I wish I could go back to the way I used to, you know, live in hockey. So that was kind of how it went. And I just tried all these different jobs, all these different trades, everything I could possibly do. And then I found bartending. Um, I found a way that I could connect with people. I, I found a way that I could be, live a toxic lifestyle and have fun, yet get paid for it. And it just turned into this whole thing. And I ended up doing that for my entire 20s and got to move to Australia and got to run bars. And there's a lot of fun that came out of that, but it was also, there's a lot of like really tough times well, that came out of that. As it well. provided for your habit of being able yeah. to drink while on the job, while making money. And in, and then in essence, just providing part of the addiction, I think that you would have had in, in the amount of alcohol that was being consumed. Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, that's very fair. And when, when you're at the center of a good bar or a restaurant, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're feeding that to people, you know, you're like, you're that the catalyst to this party. So I, I, I mean, I thrived on it. I love people. I love connecting with people. And then I get to drink too. I get to make tips and I don't know. It was just like this perfect thing for a young person. And it taught me a lot. There was a lot of positives that came out of that, but that's a, there's a shelf life for that area. Right. So, um, but it allowed me to travel. It allowed me to do a lot of things, but I hit a certain point in my life after going through a lot of different things that I had to make a switch. There was just, there was no other option, you know. When do you realize that it's not so perfect? I'm, you know, you're in a, uh, in a land far, far away. You're in Australia, which is a very different life than here in Canada. What, yeah, what's the trigger point? I, well, I had, so what really, what happened was in 2016, I was in a really rough spot. I was just drinking like crazy partying and then we lost we lost my younger brother to suicide, um, which was really tough because my dad was visiting at the moment in um, 
in uh, in, in in Sydney with, with me. So I so we it was a really messed up situation. So after that, after we lost him, I just spiraled even worse. I had a lot of this was like shame and guilt for not connecting with him enough and all that. And I went down this road again, and then I realized I hit this point where I just knew I had to quit. I just had to quit drinking, you know, because I was. I was just, there was, there was things happening in my body. There was just so many signs telling me like, you're either going to end up dead or in jail or something if you don't fix this, you know? You're going to end up, okay, so hold on. You're going to end up in jail. You're going to end up sick. You're going to end up dead. And I, and I'm sorry to say that, but there's like an emotional connection, at least for me. And I wonder what your brother would have been going through or to be able to understand what he must have been feeling at that point at that point of where he, of being able to take his life and for you to relate it or to see any of that happening with you. Yeah. I had a really, really messed up step family situation. Like there's just so many things that went on in my, my, my teenage years. Like as far as that, like I could write a book just on that. And he, he was a, he, so my, my, my dad got remarried and, it was a really messed up situation for years. I didn't see him. I didn't connect with him. And he was just really depressed. He had this crazy upbringing and um, didn't get to see my dad much. And there was just all this like nonsense that went on, like right out of a movie. Like you wouldn't believe it. And Should so be part he was of your just, podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I almost, yeah, it's, it's, but anyways, he went, he went through this, he, he was down and he was depressed and he just made it and he was on, he went on medication and, um, yeah, he just made a bad bad choice, right? So from there, it was kind of like, there's a lot of realizations hitting me, you know? And um, yeah, just, it, 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 I don't know if it was just that, but there is that with a combination of things that really sort of sparked this thing in me that I had to change. I had to pivot to a different direction, right? So 2017, I gave up the booze. Um, I've started, I still bartended while I was, while I was sober, I bartended, I ran good bars and I ended up at the Four Seasons in Sydney, which was awesome. But then I realized when I was sober, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to run bars anymore. I don't, I don't have an interest for this anymore. I want to do something that has like meaning and, and impact because I love health and wellness. I love being healthy. And there were so many things that were pulling me in a different direction. And, and I love inspiring people. And there's all this stuff I wanted to do. So I wanted to get out of the bars and whatever I could do to get out of there, I did. So I just started to work towards something else. Do you, when at this point do you make your way back to Canada? I mean, if you're, if you're in an environment where you're, it's no longer fun. I mean, I can see how uh, bartending and, you know, youth and having fun and, and being able to drink, but when you're sober in a bar and having to manage the people and what's happening and realizing what it's really like when you're actually sober, what's the decision to get back on a plane and head back home? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, it was because that 2017, that July, I ended up losing my dad to cancer suddenly, which was like, whoa, okay. Like I got to like, it was, it was just a real realization. My dad encouraged me to stay out there because he, he thought it was good for me, the direction I was going. But I, because I'd worked so hard to get to where I was in that spot in the hotels and stuff. But once that happened, I started to think, okay, I need to, I need to be closer to my family. There's two people that have gone since I've been gone for five years. Um, the girl I was seeing at the time, she was from France. She wanted to go back. 
closer to Europe. So there's just a lot of things. And I had to deal with a lot of stuff with my dad's, my dad's passing and, and lawyers and all this stuff that happens you have to deal with. And I needed to be home, you know? So I made the, my way back in December, 2017. And that was, uh, yeah, pretty much January, 2018 is when I sort of planted my flag back in Vancouver. Okay. You're home January winter. Is, yeah. You know, it's not like you came back at the best time of the year. What do you decide is next? How do you, how are you, as you mentioned, pivoting? Like what's the pivot point or what's the first step in that direction? Well, I actually got into affiliate marketing, which I had no idea about. I got into direct selling. I was promoting, you know, health and wellness um, technology, stuff that I, stuff that I use, stuff that I was interested in. Um, and it was kind of all I knew, the only thing that I knew a lot of people doing well with it. And, but that industry, it's tough. And then we started to tie in like social media advertising. And I really like this style of thing because there's a lot of like digital nomads creating this new lifestyle, traveling around and, you know, promoting other companies' products through paid ads. And I thought it was cool, but I realized that 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 world that game is is great but i'm competing with a lot of people and i felt i wasn't showing who i really was through like my story and i felt i had this powerful story and i felt there was more to me than having than what i could do in a facebook ad so i said what if i start a podcast what if i started a podcast around my story around because i've experienced a lot of stuff in my life i'm like why don't i why don't i interview people who have gone through similar things for mine or, or just adversity or challenges and that have been able to overcome that, to be able to go on to do other things. And that's kind of how it was born. So initially I created a podcast in order to sort of set myself apart from my competition because at the end of the day, people buy from people they trust. And I felt this was a good way to build that. But then it kind of turned into its own thing. This podcast kind of turned into its own beast and it's kind of become this and I've, you know, my business has turned into this as well. So it's just way more aligned with who I am and, and having these conversations, like I've always wanted to be on the radio too. I've always wanted to have like that style of being able to talk and be able to like communicate and be able to express myself, which I was able to do in bartending, but now I'm able to do that in this sort of setting. So that's kind of how it's all evolved. That's, that's sort of where, how the journey's been. So because I'm now into this world also of podcasting, you realize that there are three quarters of, there's 750,000 unique podcasts that are currently available. So in that, you have to find your niche. You have to find your market. What was it that brought you to the adversity side? I mean, you could have done a a hockey podcast or a affiliate marketing podcast. You know, if you think about going through or, hey, like there's some fun bartending podcasts that you could have, you know, logged into. What was it about the struggles, the adversity, the roadblocks from people that you felt that you could do it and be able to get these unique and really powerful stories back out? Yeah. Um, It's a great question. I just want to comment on one thing about the podcast is is that so many people think there's a lot, but when you think about how many YouTube channels are, there's like 500 million YouTube channels or something crazy. And there's not even a million podcasts yet. So there's still a ton of room for growth. So if you were in a Mm -hmm. podcast now, there's a lot of room still, right? So 
I just wanted to touch on that because that perspective, somebody said that to me that I was the other day and I was like, wow, we're, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And you think about all the YouTube channels out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, no, that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, it's crazy. And when we look back in five years, we're going to go, wow, like there wasn't that many then. <laughs> like, like, Says anyway. the people who started these about 15 years ago. Yeah, yes. but that's yeah. the way it is, right? I feel like we're in such a good time right now for this stuff because to get guests and, and people are still willing to go on shows, it's, it's amazing. Anyways, why did I pick this? Because I, I was, because I, this is what I needed. I needed this in my time. I, I loved inspiration. I love getting, I love hearing the hero's journey. I love hearing the person come from this to go to there or learning a cool lesson, you know, I, like, but there was a lot of good podcasts, Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, Tim Ferriss, different ones. Tom Bilio. I love, I love Tom Bilio. He's kind of like the one that I, I, I'd like to, the, the Tom Bilio of Canada. <laughs> That's he, he's amazing. Um, but he like I just love the inspiration. I love that. And I felt that that was the best that I could serve. If I could do a hockey podcast, hey, maybe later, but for me what I've gone through, I've gone through a lot of tough stuff and I feel like I've had a lot of life experience, so for me that's what I can focus that's what I'm best at serving. I want to serve the world and this is the best way for me. I love listening to like spit and chicklets and hockey podcasts because after doing inspirational podcasts, I can't listen to them all the time. I have to like tune out for a while and have a bit of fun. But for me to produce this, this is kind of what's aligned with me and what I feel that I'd be the best service for. How easy or difficult did you find it to launch into this and be able to find people that wanted to share their journey? It's, you know what? It was, um, it wasn't, it flowed, it flowed from it. Things just flowed nicely. It wasn't, it wasn't really hard. You know, I, I feel like this, this was what I was meant to do and things just align when they're meant to, you know, and I had, I had, I've had amazing guests, you know, I've reached out to people like pro athletes, different high influence people. And they're like, yeah, oh, come on. And I'm like, amazing. And, and, and that just sort of build, you know, I don't always just go after like, famous people or something like that. I love like all different kinds because I feel everyone's got a story. But I guess for me, I release three episodes a week. So some some days, you know, I I mean, I, re- I record like eight episodes a week to try and stack them up. And it can be, it can be challenging recording four in a day some days because it's like, you know, you got to stay energized, obviously. But that's the only challenge I really had. And sometimes when you get these guests, it's hard because I feel like, wow, this person's got worth a lot more than me and a lot smarter than me. It's like, how do I even, how can I even show up in the same room as this person? But at the end of the day, it's all mindset. It's all mindset. Okay. Take us through, and I've looked through the long list that you have, and it can be any day from a health and wellness person to a CEO, to an entrepreneur, to you've really found an, an interesting mix. What's the common theme now that you've done over a hundred plus of these, what do you find is the common theme for most people? You know what? I've really gotten into like to spirituality, you know, like really tapping into the importance of that in business and in, in everybody's life. Like I've talked to people who finished, you know, NFL careers that have like pivoted into like doing yoga and like meditation. That's the common thing is, is, is mindfulness, doing meditation, having some sort of, 
you know, practicing some sort of gratitude or, or some sort of means of, of, of tapping into that spiritual side where that is linked to making money. It is linked to your happiness. It's linked to abundance in your life. And I feel like every conversation ends up talking about some sort of thing like that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't plan for this to be like this, but it's sort of, it's sort of kind of, it ends up being a, a, a conversation piece, which I love because it's changed my life. You know, I would have never thought when I was playing hockey, I would have never used this stuff. I would have been like, this is so stupid. <laughs> you know? So we, we didn't discuss this prior to being on the podcast, but I have found that that is the exact, exact thing yeah. that has been the game changer for me yeah. and for yeah. a lot of the people. And because I've done thousands of interviews, of interviews, especially on television and interviewing doctors and everybody in the health profession that you can imagine. And I joke about the fact that, you know, they would list the, you know, healthy eating, exercise, um, you know, movement, mindfulness meditation. And I'd be like, okay, that's all right. Self-care. I'm like, I've got three out of the four. I'm doing three out of the four. That's not bad. And little did I realize that that meditation mindfulness was actually the biggest factor of all of the other ones combined. And so it's amazing that you find that that has been the common thread that most people have sought. What did you do to start implementing it? Like, how did you then start to realize the mindfulness meditation aspect? And how are you doing that? You know what? I, I started, I think the first time I was ever even exposed to this was like when I was in Australia, reading The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. And that was, that was in probably 2014, but I, that opened up something, something that was like being present. I didn't understand what that meant. What? Present? What do you mean present? You know? And as that went on, I started to sort of think about and, and pay attention more. And then when I got into this, you know, the direct selling and all that network marketing, the good thing about that area was that they teach you a lot of personal development. There's no doubt. There's a lot of like, you have to work on yourself. So I really did. And I started to talk about meditation. They start talk about think and grow rich, different books that really start to teach you and program you. So I just started to play around with that stuff. I started to practice gratitude. Gratitude every day practice was, was huge for me too. Did you right? journal? How did, how did, how did so, you practice it? What do you do? So what I would do would, would be I would write 10 things I was grateful for and why. 10? 10 you, things. You, I got 10 okay. every day? It's a bit, it sounds a bit cheesy, but the book The Magic by Rhonda Byrne, she wrote The Secret, but this is less secrety. This is more, the magic is more fundamentals on being grateful and fully embracing it. Some people laugh, but I'm telling you, this book has helped me a lot. And it's like 28 days of gratitude. And (laughs) I'm telling you, if you follow these, it'll change your life. You write 10 things, what you're grateful for and why, and you read them out after and you really feel it. You combine that with a meditation practice. And I'm telling you, things things change. I don't know why. I don't know how, how gravity works. I don't know how cell phones work. There's something happening out there that happens. And for me, it's work. And... I've just slowly fine-tuned it. You, 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 you combine that with some yoga. Like, what, who am I right now talking uh, about We're talking stuff. about like, the junior <laughs> hockey player who took steroids yeah. to make it to the next level, who's now <laughs> doing 10 gratitudes a day with his meditation, uh, mindfulness. Like, it's, it's a beautiful I, thing, I, right, to, to look back and connect the dots. It's That's it's amazing. Crazy. So yeah. can I ask you, so this 20 days, 
do you find it difficult to come up with 10 every day? And okay, yeah. do they repeat themselves? Like are nine out of the 10 repeats? I've gone, I've had a process with this. And there was times where I'd beat myself up if I didn't do it and it would defeat the whole purpose. The whole purpose of this is to just be grateful. If you don't want to do 10, don't do 10, you know? I just, I feel like, how could you not think of 10 things in this world to be grateful for every day? I mean, really, you know? But like, like are you starting at this point to talk about, like, I would be putting my Starbucks coffee in there? I don't like, know, but you've got to... How off the grid do you go in 10 I, a day? I don't know. I mean, we got legs, we got arms, we got, you know, technology, we got water. There's so many things. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel that there... I've just, I've just tell myself, I'm like, look, you gotta, you gotta be grateful for stuff. And I look, I don't do, I haven't been able to do it every single day consistently for the last few years. I try my best on my perfect day. I'll be able to do all that. But I've also realized to, to understand that no, there's never perfect. You're never going to be perfect. It's not, as long as I don't take a zero, as long as I say, like, if I do two things, great. If I, if I do one, if I sit and meditate for five minutes, and tomorrow I do a half an hour, great. But I try not to take a zero. I try and just at least touch on those things every day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't beat myself up. And I encourage anybody that's going to do gratitude, don't turn it into this thing that's like this pressure. Like, I got to do this or I'm like a bad person. It's like, it's not, it's not the point. The whole point is to, to be, to have that feeling of, of gratitude and be grateful for things. And, 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 and don't turn it into, if I don't do this, I'm a bad person, you know? Do you seem to have like an aha moment within each of your podcasts when you're like, and this is about to be the clincher when they say gratitude, mindfulness, <sighs> like, can you anticipate that that's usually what's coming your way when there's the pivot for so many people? Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre, but not bizarre, you know, like it, it's starting to be the common thing though. It's, it's cause I, I find it interesting cause I love studying people who have been, who are successful. I love it. And hearing these things and it's like, okay, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a common theme here. Do you find that you've seen a common theme when you are dealing with addiction or were you talking with people that have been on similar paths when you, when you're dealing with people who are coming at their adversity from different factors, but that there's a correlation with how people were able to beat addiction and be able to work through it and are now on the prosperity side. Yeah. Good, good question. With addiction, it's a, it's such a crazy thing because there's so many, there's so many things that, could, that there is like, I feel just having that self-awareness to understand what is going on and why you're doing these things. And I, I feel like it's, there's so many things because it, it, it's a range from diet to, to, you know, but yeah, like I, I feel anybody that's beat addiction, they have some sort of practice like that, like some sort of meditation or something that's, and, and diet is huge too. I've talked to tons of people about diet. And as you know, it's, it's such a factor in how you feel and changes how you think. Right. So a lot of times people with diet, people, people going through things, I think there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a big, there's, there's a lot to address, but I would say that meditation and gratitude shows up a lot and it tends to be something that is a really good tool for people to at least have as like a consistency every day to work on, you know? What would you say 
so that's been the common thread for yeah. most of the people. What has caught you most by surprise? Like what type of guests have caught you that, you know, oh. you're kind of going along and it's like, you know what? Yeah, you're caught off guard or they make an, imp- oh, an imp- yeah. point that you're like, I got to write this down or this is really cool oh. or my <laughs> listeners are going to have that aha moment. Oh, yeah, there's there's been somewhere I'm thinking, oh, yeah, like I'm talking to somebody and all of a sudden they, they, they start talking about ayahuasca, plant medicine. I'm like, what? I didn't think we were going down this road. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I, I, I there, there's some people that, you know, we get into, I'm thinking in my head, okay, I've done a little bit of background. I don't like to do too much background research because I like a bit of surprise too. I don't like to know everything because then I'm like, I feel like I'm, it's, I don't know. For me anyway, I like to I like to kind of have a little bit of a surprise, but some people I go into it thinking, okay, we're going to talk about this and it'll probably go more businessy. But then it's like plant medicine? What? Like and 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 that gets talked about a lot too. That's a whole other thing. You know, these plant medicine journeys and stuff people are going on. This is that's another rabbit hole that's okay. crazy. How do you say that? Like these journeys, it's just that people are exploring or researching or traveling. People are using people are using plant medicine for a lot of things for addictions as well. People are using um, for toxic habits. A lot of things going on that they've been using therapy for years, and they've gone on a. And I'm not condoning anything. Like this is all personal. This whatever people can make their own choice. This is just what's out there. This is what people tell me. Um, that they've had therapy for years and they go they go away and and then they have this amazing breakthrough and you start to hear this stuff more often and then it comes up and gets talked about more. And I keep hearing it more and more and more come into my conversations. So this is one thing that really stood out to me when you asked me. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, well, what's, what's something that's, and this is one thing that pops up a lot lately. Does therapy, I mean, I would assume if you have a lot of people who are coming from one end of the spectrum to another, does therapy come up often in the discussions? Um... Yeah, like I, I just I've heard people talk about the different things they've tried to improve. Because look, at the end of the day, everybody's got problems. Everybody's got limited beliefs. People of all all walks of life have had issues, and that's the beautiful thing is we all have problems, and that's just life, right? They're challenges. Um, but I just find a lot of people are sort of are sort of seeking a way, whether it's through hypnotherapy, to kind of break free from that that the story we're telling ourselves, you know, and so many people have it and they just want a way to do that. Whether it's therapy, whether that's hypnotherapy, whether that's ayahuasca in in Peru, whatever that is, I just find that so interesting because there's so many common threads. There's so many common things that people have as far as limited beliefs that they just want to get rid of them. And they just haven't been able to up until this point, unless they do something that's out of the norm, so to speak. Like practice gratitude. Yeah, Which well, that. No, I'm being yeah. I'm being facetious at this point yeah. because it, because it, it actually has come back to you with so many people coming coming through, and I find a lot of the discussions that I that I seem to be having to you on limited beliefs and and what we think we know, and what we're closed off to understanding. Uh, it's really quite fascinating. Are you are you dealing with people now who are at a different financial level, who had no money and who found a way to be able to make a ton of money, or who are kind of working at the bottom of the of the totem pole and are now CEOs of companies? of companies are you are you able to be able to get those are the types of guests that are being able to share their a to z stories yeah there's a mix there's there there's some of that there's some people that are still on their journey there's some people that 
Yeah, there's there's a mix. I've had I've had a few of those that are just crushing it, and you know some that have money that don't care about money anymore. You know, pro athletes that were playing pro sports, you know, win championships with teams, and now they just don't care about any of that stuff. What so are they caring about? What are they talking about as they're? Well, like I'll I'll be uh, Ronnie Turioff was one that really. You know, he won a championship with Miami Heat, you know, and with LeBron James. I'm talking to this guy that's played with Kobe, just an amazing human. It's one of my favorite conversations. And he's just talking about how, you know, these guys, are, you have this lifestyle and they're so idolized. And then it's just, there's so, there's such a thing that we don't see in that side, like when you're the actual athlete. And it's, and there's just so much pressure and there's so many things happening. And then when you get out of that, all of a sudden, you really like he's just exploring the spiritual side now. This like side that's 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 completely away from any of that to like you know take time for family and and to do other things. And for me, that's fascinating because we get so caught up in thinking about oh, once you know playing, getting making millions and doing that. But when you have done that, you realize okay, well, there's more to life than just that. And I love that idea too. So I love interviewing the people that have worked their way up or on their way, or the people that have made it and now deciding. Hey, there's other there's other ways to life too, you know, and that's what I find really interesting. Okay, has this podcast? This is an honest question. Has this podcast almost been like your therapy? Yes. Because you talk about people being on their journeys, and maybe they haven't. For me, I'm listening to you, kind of going, "This is your form of therapy." Doing these <laughs> yeah. podcasts, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I, I, it's hundred percent true. And I've said that too. It's, it's been so therapeutic for me to have these conversations with people. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. I'm just so grateful for it because um, just the, the level of conversations and, and how I feel after I'm just vibrating at such a level of when you get to talk to people about these things and you just see what having that connection and then having that like, just that raise in consciousness and energy at the end of the conversation, I'm just vibing. I'm just like, this is amazing. And I get to do that every day. And I've done this for, you know, nine, 10 months solid of just every single day, hammering it out. And it's just been amazing. So yeah, like the therapy side of it, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Which, which of your guests do you most relate to then? Um, whew, there's there, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I don't have an answer for you on that one. Um, as far as I haven't really interviewed anybody who's been in a, a similar story as mine. <laughs> like, but isn't that amazing that everyone has such a different story? Or have you assumed yes. that you were going to get one thing from a guest and then found that you're like, oh my God, I was totally thrown <sighs> off and nowhere near where I thought this was going? It happens every single day, every single time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm so intimidated and not as much anymore, but at first, and then it's like, wow, we could be high-fiving each other by the end of it. It's like, yeah, it's totally, you don't know. You don't know. And that's why it's so cool because I could have all the questions line, lined up and I won't even get to them because I don't want it to flow like that. I want it to be natural conversation. If I get to them and it works out, I love that. But I've sometimes I've gone in so prepared thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I go in and I'm like, I don't want to even ask that because it has no, it doesn't even matter. 
Well, that's because you're listening, which is always a really good sign. It's funny because everyone's (laughs) like, can I get a list of questions? And I'm like, I'm not going to have a single question. I'm just going to listen to what you say and be able to understand from that point on. You you mentioned, though, that there was an intimidation, right, when you first started to ask these questions. So there... I see that as a limited belief, right? You're sitting down at a microphone to start asking and interviewing people where, as I'm sure you had a couple of interviews done on you when you were playing junior hockey. But other than that, what allowed you the courage to sit in front of a a mic and start the dialogue and say, we're going to take the first step in this? Because I think that's where so many people get caught is they get so scared and they have these limited beliefs that they don't actually press record and actually do it. I just said, what do I have to lose? I'm like, I, I, I thought, just be confident because they don't know that you don't know how to do this. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm not going to like, there's not many things in life that I've naturally picked up, but connecting with people has been something that I've, I, it's my natural talent. I feel like I can do it. It's, it's because I've had years in the bars. Right, so I get that, but you don't have drunk people sitting across the. That's you know, true. Like you know, like no, yeah, a, yeah, you, yeah. You're losing a sense of having. You're right. You know, that two drink get, buzz, right? Like, how did you right. get there to say, yeah. "Let's feel this way to have that"? Yeah. I don't want to say liquid courage, but to have that without those tools, to feel yeah, like that so. real sense of how you connect with people can come out. That's, yeah, you're, 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 it's so true. Let me think about that. Yeah, I guess it's at first, it's not always that easy, I think. And I think it's just finding like that common interest, like almost and asking the right questions. I don't know. At first it was, it was tricky and I'm still, it still comes up like, you know, someone like Grant Cardone agreed to come on my show and it's like, I'm going to be nervous to talk to him, you know? I mean, I, I am. And, and I guess, I don't know if that some days I feel more anxiety than others. I don't know. It's weird. It's, some, okay. It's, I see it like that's like an athlete. It's like you have a game. You have a big yeah, game ahead of you. So do you prepare or do you kind of psych yourself up almost like you're about to step out on the ice and the competitive side of you comes out? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I have to, I've had days where I don't like I, I I don't go to the gym and stuff. I've tested it, and there's days where I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be tough. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. I'm like, I haven't even finished my first coffee yet. I'm like trying to, how is this gonna work? I've had too many coffees, you know, like whatever. There's there's so many things. Yeah, the, but the, to prep, I, I I try and get a workout in, go for a sauna, some sort of move in the body so that I'm like in the zone, charged up. Just like you prep for anything. Yeah. Like you want to be energetically there as far as like memorizing everything about a person. I mean, I don't think that's necessary, but you need to be energetically there. You need to be, you got to have your state. You got to manage your state. Like Tony Robbins says, right. You got to be responsible for your state. And I think that's what you can control. You don't know what the person's going to be like. And I think as you know, you've been doing this. You're great at this, by the way, like amazing interviewer, (laughs) like amazing. And like, you know, that it's like, you can't, you, you just, the kind you vibe off the energy, right? So if you're vibing high, chances are you'll be able to vibe them high. If you're vibing low, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle, right? It's, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel it on, for me, doing any of the podcasts because this is brilliant for yeah. me. And plus I have yeah. an hour to talk with people. I had a tough time when I had four minutes on a live show to be able to get all the information out in four minutes when yeah. half the people were still half asleep. So this for me is, is incredibly energizing. Plus the fact that I think people are looking 
to find inspiration. They're looking to find a person that's going to help gear them in the right direction. They're looking to emulate someone else's behavior and patterns to be able to say if it's working for them, I'm going to try it. I really hope that there's a couple people who are listening right now who tomorrow morning get up and put on a sheet of paper 10 things that they're grateful for. And that's that's for me is where I find my fuel and, and the passion for it. Now, you immediately just mentioned, I go for a workout, I go do my sauna, then we know that you're meditating, then we know. So because you've had a lot of people also on your podcast that are health and wellness based, what would you say are the list of things that have allowed people to feel the energy, feel what is going to get them through the days that most people most people are suggesting doing especially um, from the health and wellness practitioners you've had on a lot of fasting a really? lot of being mm-hmm. being smart with what you're eating you're not going to go eat a big huge meal right before you got to do something that involves brain activity you know for me personally um you know i've interviewed a lot of people who have done intermittent fasting you know time restricted eating stuff like that. And I've been doing it for years and I've been doing bulletproof for since 2012. Couldn't do the coffee. I couldn't, no, I couldn't do it. No. no, I, I, for myself, I can't, I have to do like right now I'm in a fasted state. I have to, the minimum is just like bulletproof coffee for me. It just keeps my, or just coffee. I, I, I found that for me and what I've talked to a lot of people is just not having a big breakfast has uh, been crucial um, at that focus, I need that focus. If I was going to eat a big meal before, I'd be toast, like literally. And a lot of people I've noticed have been adopting that same sort of um, time-restricted eating, you know, not eating less, just eating less frequent. And I, I found that that's been a common thing lately. It's kind of become more mainstream. And just being smart with, you know, your healthy fats and, you know, less crap and more you know, quality. Have you had people on the podcast that are about weight loss, you know, that they're, that have had these massive dips or, okay, that's, that's, that's a hard question because yeah. you've had a hundred. What would you say if I have my listeners right now saying, okay, there, there could be some interesting stories. What would you say would be your top five or give us, we're going to, we're going to go down your list. What would you recommend them? And, and give me an example of areas that they're coming from. Okay. What, what's really interesting is, has any, have you, does your, I wonder if your audience, Kundalini yoga, has anybody, have you talked about this on your show before? Kundalini? I, I, it's been mentioned, but I haven't done a thing on it. It's, no. I, I have an amazing episode with Dr. Nicholas Jensen. He's actually my naturopath in Vancouver. He's got a podcast called The Doctor Dads too. Amazing guy. We talk about, we talked about a little bit about fasting and that he's, he, he follows Dr. Pompa, which is, he's very, there a lot of fasting, a lot of fasting conversations. People are, are, are help for weight loss, for, for anti-aging, but we also get into Kundalini yoga and the benefits of that for moving your energy systems around and really changing your energy. Like, um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh my God. What, okay. So you, I've- yeah. Okay. I, I go to my, that's my, that's a, yeah. one of my top meditation. I was like, okay, what do I, yeah. what do I want to feel today? He's amazing. So, so Kundalini yoga, what he's teaching is, is, is kind of the same sort of thing. You got your energy chakras, your systems and Kundalini yoga is about moving that around through chance and breath. Okay. So we talk about that and that is super powerful. And then we even talk about different things about the energy that you hold on to from other people, like through, you know, partners and sexual experience and, and like the different stuff that can really 
that you hold on to with your energy. And, and, and I don't know where I was going with that, but that's a really good episode. Okay. Dr. Nick, is that what you're asking me? What are my no, favorite No, this is episodes? good. Yeah. Like this okay, is good. Okay, but the, uh, yeah, the subjects I, that you're bringing up with it, I'm like, okay, this is, these are where yeah. people need to go or yeah. it's being exposed to. I had no idea who, who Dr. Joe Dispenza was, you know, yeah. six months ago. Now I just, uh, he's one of my top, you know, looks on YouTube. What is he, what is he talking about these days? And yeah, it's becoming supernatural is an amazing book. Mm-hmm. You got that one, right? No, I haven't. I actually haven't. Right. All the stuff I've done with him has been through the the YouTube's and the meditations. But it's all it's 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 fascinating, and it's really the science. The thing is, is a lot of people think that kind of stuff is woo. But when you when you bring science into it, you take this complicated thing that's been around for thousands of years, and you tie it in with some science. It's like, Whoa, okay, you can't you can't you can't argue with it. Never mind how you feel, but like, okay, there's actually data now. So. I found, I went to a couple different Kundalini, you, Kundalini yoga and regular yoga is totally different. This is like, these guys are like turbans with like beards and it's crazy, amazing stuff. And it's all about moving that energy system. You know, you got your energy for moving like your sex energy to your brain and being able to utilize it properly. Just fascinating stuff. These are the kind of conversations I have and like, it's, no, but it's, it's great. I, I, it's interesting to know that when you have these people on, this is a stream of topics that are happening. Yeah. And I'm sure that Kundalini Yoga wasn't something you thought you were going to be talking about when Absolutely you first launched not. this podcast. You know, it's it's amazing <laughs> the world that opens up to you if you're being a little bit open minded. Did you did you feel like the limited beliefs and not being open minded and blocked and thinking was the biggest thing that people had to deal with and to switch or that's their pivot into becoming more open and awakened? Yeah. Yeah. Even so many people have had, you have to be open-minded. You gotta, I mean, there's just, I don't know. I feel like people are, I don't know whether it's just the circle of the kind of people that I'm talking to, but it feels like everybody's waking up. But I don't know if that's just because it's the people that I'm around, I surround myself with now. It's like a lot of people and same with me, even like I've been doing just regular yoga lately, like crazy. And it's completely changed my life. I've gone every single day just practicing that into my life because I, you know, I box, I play hockey, I do all these weights, I do all this stuff, but I was really unbalanced and I was still like not feeling great. You tie that in with like, you know, vinyasa and all this other kind of hot yoga. It's like, wow, like my, I just feel way more balanced. And um, I feel like a lot of people are realizing that as well, that they need balance and they're becoming more self-aware that, you know, it's not all about the hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. It's like, okay, there's, there's, there's the benefit in downtime too. There's benefit in, in, in self-care and loving yourself. And, you know, um, and I just feel like people in general that I come in contact with are sort of waking up, you know, if that makes any sense. Well, it totally does. But you're, you're, you've exposed yourself and you've opened to yourself up. And as you talked about the energy and how the world works in mysterious ways, those are the same people that are finding you, right? The ones <laughs> yeah. that are awakened also. And it's yeah. a, it's a crazy little domino effect that, you yeah. know, once you're in on the domino, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to be, to be aware of. So yeah. where do you see this podcast going and where are you hoping to see the university uh, of adversity go? Do you want me to be honest with you that right now? That would be great, yes. Okay. Because you I haven't been turn... honest the last 45, okay, 50 I, minutes. <laughs> my vision, <laughs> yes. like I said earlier, I want to be like the Tom Bilio canon. I want to have a TV show. I want University of Adversity to be like a TV show. I want it to be a movement, a culture. I want 
I feel everybody has a story. Everyone has adversity. Adversity is an interesting word to play with. And I want to shift the perspective on it. And I want to interview everybody. I want to interview the biggest, the best, everything, and have that as, you know, like a movement, like a culture. I don't know if you're familiar with John Lee Dumas and Entrepreneurs on Fire, but he's like one of the best podcasters ever. And those are the people, like, I, I see this as being a massive thing. And I want to interview hockey players. I want to interview, you know, the best athletes and what they've gone through and really, you know, make plant my flag in Canada as that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, and, we got to play the full 60 minutes. We got to give it a hundred percent. And, yeah. uh, you know, with one guy out, it just gives more opportunity for the next guy coming in. He's got to, I do you want me to go on. I can go off on my hockey <laughs> cliches. <laughs> Good luck yeah. with those interviews. Let me tell you. Yeah. Or the, the um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, about, uh, <laughs> listen yeah. to the hockey guys oh, talk. I could, yeah, I could give you all of them. Okay, but I, I love this. I love this idea. Do you think people are ready for it? You know, you've got you've got a base now. Are, are people now starting to give you ideas? Are they saying, oh, you know what? I heard this story or have you checked out this person? Yeah, it, a little bit, a little bit. Like, I don't even think I've scratched the surface yet, you know? And I feel like if I just keep releasing three a week just keep on you know i'm gonna interview people like yourself like that have been an amazing career and i I just love it i'm gonna keep it going and i'm just not gonna worry about the outcome i'm just gonna keep it going and you know reach out to different people and and you know as far as promoting products of theirs that i like like i like the idea of where this is going it's kind of like the new media right you must see this you must see how how things have changed Mm -hmm. It's so well, different absolutely. now. I saw like, how things were changing when I was in that media and was looking, you know, through my side over to the other side going, there's something happening over there and I want to be a part of it, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting, but I think it, a lot of it comes back to the people that you're surrounding yourself with are an integral part of it. Yeah. And how yeah. they're thinking. So you, okay, so I got one episode out of you that uh, seemed to have list like 10 okay. things that people needed to go. Okay, give me four more before we wrap things up. Just okay. like think like think off the top of your head and like give me like two two points that we're going to get from them. Okay, well, the one I mentioned, Ronnie Turioff, just because people want to listen. People like the one, the, these people that have played sports. So let's mm-hmm. let's go Ronnie Turioff. Um, let's go, um, which will be like a spiritual thing. Let's go Joe Hawley, who played eight years in the NFL. He's another guy on another spiritual journey. See, more, this See, turns more into spirituality. Sp- it's amazing. Yeah, it's, um, Mark Lack was a good one. Who's Mark he? Lack is like the king of personal branding on, on social media. He's, liter- he's literally interviewed everybody. He had business rock stars. The business rock stars, like, it was like a TV show. What did you, you learn? He's been on Delta airplanes. He, oh gosh. What he did you learn from him, though? Yeah. His story was amazing. He went, he had like a, a sickness. He got like, or he, he got really sick and he, he got through that. But what he's been able to create through personal branding and what he's been able to do and connect with all these people through these shows and his connections has just been amazing. Just from like a business side of what he's been able to do as far as, um, personal branding because it's huge, right? And he talks, he emphasizes how important that is for your brand. You have to have a personal brand. You have to. Um, another one. Ah, I don't know. It's tough off the top of my head. I have to. You gave us four to work with. Thank you. Hold us on. Four. Let me just let me just 
go through. He's going to scroll book. through it, and he's like, "Who am I going to upset by not listing them?" Am I? What other? Okay, five? so tell me, do you want like a spiritual one, or do you want like um? Well, it seems like a lot of them come down to spirituality, even though that you weren't booking them in for that topic, right? When you're booking in NFL players and NBA players, I don't think you were anticipating spirituality was going to be s- such a big topic of conversation. No, I got, no, I I just, yeah, it's kind of the way it always ends up. And I almost wonder if I should uh, think about, oh, I got another one, an awesome, an awesome one. Michael Graziano, he's the founder of um, Global Degree, which basically pays, basically you can do, you can travel the world and you can get an education while traveling the world, which is really cool. So that's episode 51, having a global gratitude with Michael Graziano, amazing guy. He's going to be the youngest person to visit every single country in the world or something like that. I think that's his stat. That's a really cool story. Yeah. It's really cool. Can you I can connect you guys? Wow. That's really neat. No, I love that idea. I yeah, will and visit travel. Every I mean, you, in the world. Do you miss the are you doing okay being back and not being in the environment that you were in? I mean, Vancouver is a great place to live, but you were in a very different scenario across the globe in Australia. I think you were probably able to travel a little, you know, do you miss mm. that or do you find that you are getting more of the gratitude of what life is, has ahead for you in the space you're in right now? I do miss the social aspect. I miss going and, and having that, that social aspect of like being in the bars a little bit. I don't miss, miss the toxic stuff, but I miss the early in the evening. Everybody's still sober. Everyone's happy. Good vibe. <laughs> See, I if you could only leave night. it there, right? I always yeah. tell people like the first, the start of the night is always the best. Yeah. And then like, like, I don't miss the three in the morning, you know, drunk douchebag guys falling down and puking. And I don't miss that. And I don't miss having to throw people out because of security. It's a slow night and Monday night and there's no security. So I have to deal with it. Like, I don't miss that kind of stuff, but I do miss, I do miss people. I do miss that. And I don't go out as much anymore. I don't. And okay. Do you think, okay, I'm going to try this one. Do you think your conversations with people across the bar five years ago would have been different asking questions to them had you known the information you know now? 100%. 100%. Um, that was the thing is that I would talk to them about cocktails, stuff that like I took an interest, like it was like, it's like cooking to me, but it wasn't meaningful for me. It would get more into that. But now my conversations are different. What like, I even, like what yeah, was the last book you read or what book inspired you is more of the opening question at this point. Well, to what I would ask them or what for me? Right. Like the questions that you're now yeah. asking people, the oh, ones yeah, that were, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That way different. Like, what's your morning routine? Like, I wouldn't even know what that was before. You know, what? who inspires you? You know, what's, who is somebody you look up to? What's your favorite book? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, totally different. Instead of like, what'd you do last night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so give me your top three books. Suggested oh, books, books. Or, or the books that you seem to, to have come up often with some of your guests. Okay, amazing book called Happy Pocket Full of Money. Amazing book. Um, the Power of Now was huge for me. And Think and Grow Rich. Those are the top three. Those would be the top three. Happy Pocket Full of Money is like a newer, easier, understandable way of explaining Think and Grow Rich kind of thinking. How to do gratitude, why it works, how, why meditation works. Very underrated book. Mm, can I suggest one? Have, have you done... Um, the surrender experiment or the untethered soul? 
No. By David Singer? Okay. So you're writing those two down, and then yeah. in our next conversation, you're going to tell me how you like those. So untethered. the first one of his is The Untethered Soul. And okay, then so which one second. do I need to read before our interview first, or do I have to read both? Uh, I think you're going <laughs> to read The Untethered Soul, and we'll immediately want to go and pick up The Surrender Experiment, because that's what I did. Yeah. It's really neat, especially now that you're on this this journey also. I, f- I feel like we're very similar in, in that it's been about nine months or so since we yeah. kind of started on the spiritual side of things as our sa- sa- like salvaging the craziness that was going on in the head. So I, yeah, I, those are going to be my two that I'm going to suggest to you. All right. So okay, I've got to wrap things up now, yes. but people can find you where? Like what's the best way for them to go and find you and be able to, uh, to take a listen? I, I think the best way is follow me on Instagram. Lance W. Isios. Okay, doesn't and, spell it because how you sorry. say it and how you spell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I sorry. even know that. Yeah, I, I I spelt it for me to pronounce like easy, and yeah. then I had like O's. Yeah. We, when Isios. I play hockey, we, when I pronounce ho- and hockey, my family used to pronounce it Esohas, and I got so what? mad because because it's Greek and they pronounced it wrong, and it used to piss me off my whole life until I decided to change the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so my friends are all like. You change your last name. Like, I just don't like that sound. Anyway, so it's L-A-N-C-E-W-E-S-S-I-H-O-S. And I would say go to Instagram. I'm highly active on there and you can email me as well. Um, and all it's all in my link tree, iTunes, Spotify, however you want to listen to the right. podcast. The University of Adversity. Yeah, the, yeah. So the University of Adversity, it's kind of like my, my Instagram has that as the main theme. So it's super easy to figure out. Yeah, you'll figure it all out. Lance, it was awesome to talk to you. Um, I'm really, yeah, I can't wait. I I can't wait to like check in in like a year, you know, and be like, where are you at? Who have you interviewed? What's going on? And if the, if the, the thread remains the same for so many people, awakenings, spirituality, meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, it is the common factor and chain that seems to be following so many of these people. Lance, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I guess what we, I guess we, I forgot, wait, we get to talk again, right? Cause I'm going to yes. be doing yours. So yes. be really, really cool. But this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. Was, I love this very much. You're, you're a pro. I need to take notes on, on the way you interview because it's, I'm really, really, truly, I wouldn't say that to anybody. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I think you've got a lot to share too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how your journey actually continues. So with that being said, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's listening. I really appreciate it and continue to like, subscribe, comment, share, let people know living your life with Leanne Lang is out there uh, and be able to see this grow as well, just like the University of Adversity. All right. Have a great day, everyone. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember... Anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.